طيب السلام عليكم ورحمه طيب السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته ان شاء الله now we continue we uh, reach the point where uh, the uh, the believers who believe in Allah and act righteously are those who had indeed earned and achieved uh, living this life and that of the hereafter and the opposite is that of the disbeliever who indeed had lost this life and the hereafter as Allah says in Surah Al-Zumar uh, Zumar 3915 3915 when Allah says Say indeed that the losers are those who will lose themselves and their families on the day of resurrection. Verily that will be a manifest loss. So these are the losers. The disbelievers are the losers. Then Allah states about Jibreel also from his description in the verse which we went over was uh, the last one now 21 verse 21 please muta'in thamma ameen describing Jibreel alayhi salam Allah describes him as muta' meaning obeyed and ameen and that he is trustworthy in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, yani, uh, trusted him with so he is being obeyed who is the one who is obeying him the ulama Rahimahumullah said, the learned scholars of Islam said that he is obeyed by the angels. So he has obedience amongst the angels and the messengers upon whom Jibreel descends with the revelation, they are also obeyed and they have such obedience in respect with those who follow them as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَاحْذَرُوا فَإِن تَوَلَّيْتُمْ فَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا عَلَى رَسُولِنَا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ as in Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 92 السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ And obey Allah and obey the Messenger وحذروا, and be careful فإن توليتم as if you turn away فاعلموا أنما على رسولنا البلاغ المبين then know that indeed يعني what uh, the, our Messenger the duty of our Messenger is to convey the message so and obey Allah and His Messenger and beware of even coming near to you know unlawful things and fear Allah then if you turn away, you should know that it is our messenger's duty to convey the message Al-Balagh uh, Al-Mubeen in the clearest way. So in these verses here, in these verses, Allah says, إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ Allah states in, the, in, in this surah about Jibreel that it is the saying that this Quran is the saying of this honorable messenger. How can we understand this? That this is the saying of Jibreel. This Quran, Allah says, إِنَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ 
قَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ is the saying of an honorable messenger and this is the messenger who is an angel Jibreel alayhi salam yet in another verse in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies and also swears that this Quran is the saying of a human messenger is the saying of a human messenger as Allah says in surah al-haqqa chapter uh, 69 please make note of these two verses so that you inshallah understand them really uh, clearly in chapter 69 verse 38 and 41 so I swear by whatsoever you see and by whatsoever you see not that this Quran is verily the word of an honorable messenger meaning a human messenger inshallah brother I swear by whatsoever you see and by whatsoever you see not okay sister angel wings thanks a lot for this advice and for also brother Hamas Shahada that this word of the this word the honorable Quran meaning is the saying of an honorable messenger and it is not the saying of a poet it's not the word of a poet so how can we understand these things in one verse Allah says as in this surah which we are explaining chapter 81 that this is the word of an honorable angel messenger angel messenger and referring to Jibreel to Gabriel and in the other verse in chapter 69 surah al-haqa that it is the word of an honorable human messenger Rasul Kareem a human messenger so in this chapter uh, it's referring to Jibreel as being the saying of Jibreel and the other chapter is referring to be the, the saying of Muhammad peace be upon him <laughs> how do we know now that it is the first one is uh, that is the one from chapter 81 is the Jibreel because he said إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ ذِي قُوَّةٍ عِنْدَ ذِي الْعَرْشِ مَكِينٍ Verily, it is the word of an honorable messenger and high rank with Allah. And the one with Allah is Jibreel alayhi salam because the Prophet Muhammad is on earth. Because Prophet Muhammad is on earth. And in the verse of chapter 69, the verse ended, وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ شَاعِرٍ Nor it is the word of a soothsayer, I'm sorry, little is that you remember so here Allah is negating that it is the word of a soothsayer referring to Muhammad peace be upon him that he is not a soothsayer so which of the two oaths is greater or more magnificent which of the two swearing by the planets and the day and the night that this Quran is the word 
of an honorable messenger, an angel honorable messenger, or the other oath which we just have from chapter 69 verse 40, where Allah swears by whatsoever you see and by whatsoever you don't see. Certainly the second one is greater, because Allah in the second one is swearing by all things, that which we see and that which we don't see. Meaning he is swearing with everything. Yet in chapter 81 which we are discussing, Allah is swearing with the lofty signs. Lofty signs, that of the planets and so forth. And these lofty signs fit with whom? With the statement that comes after, that came after it, that it is the saying of Jibreel, because Jibreel is with Allah, he's in the lofty place. So if someone now says, how does Allah describe the Quran that it is the saying of a human messenger and this, or the saying of an angel messenger? So how can we understand this? Certainly, the angel messenger conveyed the Quran, which is the word of Allah, conveyed it to the human messenger, who is Muhammad. And the human messenger conveyed it to the entire nation. Conveyed it to the entire mankind. So, it becomes a saying on behalf. Meaning, Jibreel's saying is on behalf of Allah. And the saying of Muhammad is on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who said it first on behalf of Allah is Jibreel. And in both, this, in both cases, the Qur'an is the true word of Allah, because he is the one who spoke it in the beginning. And it is the saying of Jibreel, in the sense that he conveyed it to Muhammad. And it is the saying of Muhammad, in the sense that he conveyed it to mankind. So this is the answer. Then Allah says in the next verse in the next verse 22 please brother Hashim وَمَا صَاحِبُكُمْ بِمَجْنُونَ and O people your companion Muhammad is not a madman your companion Muhammad is not a madman first he negated in the other verse which we had earlier spoke about he negated that Muhammad is a poet now Allah is saying He's negating that he is a madman because this is what he accused him of. And look what Allah is saying. And all people, your companion, look at this, there's a great benefit here. Your companion. You see? Allah is referring, addressing them, وَمَا صَاحِبُكُمْ and your companion. So he added him, he added Muhammad to them in the grammatical sense. Your companion. Why? So it becomes stronger in terms of blaming them when they rejected his call, when they rejected the call of Muhammad. As if he is saying to them, your companion whom you knew very well, and you were with him all the time, 
stayed with you 40 years in Mecca before prophethood, knowing you, knowing him, and you knew that he was trustworthy, and he spoke the truth. In fact, you also called him Al-Amin, the trustworthy. He is not a madman, your companion. He is the most person amongst you who had perfect sense, without a doubt. And the next verse, وَلَقَدْ رَآهُ بِالْأُفُقِ الْمُبِينَ The next verse, 23. 23. Meaning, and indeed he, Muhammad, saw Gabriel, saw Gabriel and the clear horizon which is towards the east so the Prophet saw Jibreel on his form the form he was created upon which he was created twice he saw him in the cave of Hira once he saw him in the cave of Hira at the beginning of the revelations this is the first encounter as the second was in the seventh heaven alaykum assalam in the seventh heaven when Muhammad peace be upon him was ascended to the seventh heaven in this verse verse 23 Allah is referring to the first seeing the first encounter in the cave of Hira So Muhammad was on earth. And then Allah asserts by saying, وَمَا هُوَ عَلَى الْغَيْبِ بِضَنِينَ And he, Muhammad, next verse please, withholds not a knowledge of the unseen. And he, Muhammad, withholds not a knowledge of the unseen. And he withholds nothing of the revelation. And he is not caught and called miser regarding it. To the contrary, he is yani, forthcoming fully in relating the revelation that he received from Jibreel. Teaching mankind, teaching the people on every occasion what he received. And we remember that he had been called the trustworthy. And he is not subject of being accused. Well, then Allah said further وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ شَيْطَانٍ رَجِيمٍ and it is the Quran next verse 25 please and it is the Quran it is not the word of an outcast Satan Shaitan it is not the saying of any of the devils or the soothsayers or foretellers who receive the inspirations from the satans and they lie and add to it if they receive something let's say one news they will add to it a hundred lies and people would think that they have they speak the truth فَأَيْنَ تَذْهَبُونَ then where are you going chapter verse 26 where are you going 
إن هو إلا ذكر للعالمين عليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته لبنى Indeed this Quran is no less than a reminder to all mankind Indeed Then where are you going? Where are you going? Those who belie the Quran and those who don't believe in it That this is a true revelation from God, from Allah Then where are you going? This Quran is no less than a reminder to all mankind engines. So, then at the the one before the last, which is twenty-eight, This is a reminder to whomsoever among you who wills to walk straight or take a straight path and those who don't they are not going to benefit from the Quran those who don't will not benefit from the Quran and now here Allah says to whomsoever among you who wills so Allah affirms that man has a will in this verse we now know from this verse that Allah asserts that man has a will because Allah is saying in the meaning to whomsoever among you who wills then if someone asks the question is man's will by his choice is man's will by his choice the answer is yes man's will is by his choice Allah Azzawajal most mighty and most magnificent made for man a choice and a will a choice and a will if he wants to act, if he wills to act, and if he doesn't, he won't act. Otherwise, had this not been the case, then there, then there could be no proof established on mankind who received the revelation, who received the, the, the message of the messengers to worship Allah. They would have, yani, had it not been the case, if man would have no will, and no choice, then no proof and it can be established against man. Okay. So what we do is by our choice and by our will. And therefore, had it not been the case, then the sending of the messengers would not be a proof against us. So there is no doubt that man has, man acts by his choice. And every man knows that if he wants to go to Mecca, then he goes by his choice. And if he wants to go to uh, Medina or to any place in the world, then this is by his choice. So, he doesn't see that anyone is compelling him to do so. He doesn't feel that anyone is compelling him to do so. And the same as to one who intends to worship God and obey Him, alaykum assalam wa barakatuh, then this is by his choice. And the one who wants to disobey Him, this is by his choice. Because there is a will for man. There is will for man. Yet, Yet we know, 
with certainty that nothing man wills except that Allah had willed it before that nothing that man wills except that Allah had willed it before that's why Allah says in the last verse in chapter 29 of this and in, in, I'm saying in verse 29 of this chapter and you will not unless it be that Allah wills you will not will unless it be that Allah wills meaning that we don't will anything except that it has been willed by Allah so if we will something then we know that Allah had willed it had it been not the case then we would not have willed it ourselves. As Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 29, chapter 2 verse 253, chapter 2, 253, ولكن اختلفوا فمنهم من آمن ومنهم من كفر ولو شاء الله ما اقتتلوا If Allah had willed, succeeding generations would not have fought against each other after clear verses of Allah had come to them, but they differed. Yes, inshallah. Yes, uh, Mary, there is. Some of them believed and others disbelieved. If Allah had willed, they would not have fought against one another, but Allah does what He likes, and what Allah does as he likes according to his wisdom and according to his knowledge and in accordance with his justice so if someone now says then we have an evidence concerning disobedient acts or concerning sins in the sense that we didn't will it except that Allah had willed it before so if one says this, and then he will take from that an excuse to do sins, then the answer would be, no, we don't have a proof for that, for us meaning. Because we don't know that Allah had willed it, except that after we do it, only after we do it. And our doing it is by our will, is by our choice. And that's why we cannot say that Allah willed such and such, except that we can say that after it occurs, only after it occurs. Then after it occurs, we can say, it occurred by our will, and by our choice and therefore sins cannot be taken 
as a plea against Allah. Indeed, Allah had nullified and revoked this in His saying, سَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا لَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا أَشْرَكْنَا وَلَا آبَاؤُنَا وَلَا حَرَّمْنَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ كَذَلِكَ كَذَّبَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ حَتَّى ذَاقُوا بَأْسَنَا As in chapter 6, verse 148. In this verse, Allah Those who took partners in worship with Allah will say, if Allah had willed, we would not have taken partners in worship with Him. You see, now they're having an excuse, they think so. Nor would our fathers, and we would not have forbidden anything against His will. Likewise belied, look at this, He belied them. Likewise belied those who were before them. Likewise they belied, so... They argued falsely with Allah's messengers till they tasted of our wrath. There is the point here, then Allah says, Have you knowledge, proof, that you can produce before us? Do you have knowledge that this was a matter uh, that uh, you have no choice in? How did you know of Allah's will? You have no knowledge of Allah's will regarding this matter. So how come you take it as a plea against Allah when you have no knowledge of it before it took place? And this therefore is established against everyone who would blame no, nothing but a lie who would blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his sins and for his disobedient acts. And then they have what? If, in they, if indeed they had a case then Allah wouldn't have punished them. You see? If they had a case, Allah the Most Just would not have punished them for committing shirk, for ascribing partners to Allah in worship. And we know that if man is reminded that such a city or such a place or such a country is safe and it has abundant provisions that comes to it from every place or from every place, trade, earnings, which doesn't exist in another city or another town or another country while the opposite another place is in fear unstable economically uh, in turbulence and also in fear no security where would man go to which place the answer is evident certainly he will go to the first one the secure and he would find that no one compelled him to go to the first one he feels that he went there solely based upon his own will and similarly the road for good and the road for evil Allah had made it clear this path leads to happiness and eternal happiness in paradise and he told us of what exists from the blessings in paradise and he told us of the other path that leads to hell and the torment and the punishment and so forth that exists 
in both. فَأَيُّهُمَا نَسْلُكْ Which one should we take? Which one should we take? With clear analogy, we will take the path that leads to the Jannah, without any doubt, to paradise. In the same way, we had chosen to take the safe place or safe country in the first example we gave. If we would have followed the path that leads to the fire of hell, then we will blame, we will be held responsible, and we will be called even foolish. In the same way, if we would have taken the road that leads to that insecure place, city, town, or country. So, in the saying of Allah, لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يَسْتَقِيمُ To whomsoever among you who wills to walk straight is an affirmation that man acts by his will and choice. But after acting, after willing, we know that Allah had willed this matter before. I'm not sure. Can we leave the question to the end also, inshallah, so that you clarify it? So many times a person uh, is determined to do something. But you find him, but you find him averted. You find himself averted to do something else. Why? Because Allah did not will. So many times we would like to go to the mosque to listen to a lecture. And you find us then, after a while, doing something else, whether based on a reason, or there was a cause, or there was, even if there wasn't a cause. Sometimes we remember that we are busy, so we return, we turn, and we go to do something else. And sometimes we return without having a reason, we don't know, except that we fear returning. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had swayed our motivation, and that's why we returned. In fact, that's why when a Bedouin was asked, how did you know your Lord? A Bedouin was asked, how did you know of your Lord? كَيْفَ عَرَفْتَ أَوْ بِمَا عَرَفْتَ رَبَّكَ He said, بِنَقْضِ الْعَزَائِمْ وَصَرْفِ الْهِمَمْ بِنَقْضِ الْعَزَائِمْ وَصَرْفِ الْهِمَمْ I knew him by breaking the determinations. وَصَرْفِ الْهِمَمْ and averting the motivations. Sweet. You see, breaking the determinations and averting the motivations. Breaking the determinations, meaning that man is determined to do something and suddenly it's broken, revoked, nullified. He doesn't feel it even. As to the swaying away of the motivations and averting them, so many times you see man 
motivated to do something and he goes fully to accomplish it and then suddenly he finds himself turning away from it whether there was a physical obstacle or the matter that made him sway away was only his mere choice I mean he chose to turn away in any of these cases all of this is from Allah all of this had been preordained by Allah so in summary لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يَسْتَقِينَ عليكم السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته to whomsoever among you who wills to walk a straight life this istiqama, this straightness there is nothing upright or more upright or more just than the justice of Allah and His legislations in the previous legislations those previous ones used to fit the conditions of the nations before us and these legislations they were fitting time place conditions were fitting to that after sending Muhammad peace be upon him his sharia his legislations fit the affairs from the beginning from its commencement until the end of this life that's why that is why there is a famous statement in the al-Islami the Islamic religion salihun likulli zamanin wa makanin wa hal that the Islamic religion fits all times all places every and every condition and indeed if, if, if people hold to Islam correctly then they would bring true reform look how it in, in our legislation for example a person making salah making the prayers firstly he stands straight but if he is unable he may sit and perform the prayers and if he is unable to sit meaning performing the prayers while sitting then he may perform them while lying or laying on his side so the legislation fits the condition of the person because the religion of Islam fits time place and conditions also the person who is in a state of ritual impurity he needs to be purified with the water and if he is unable to use the water either because it is not present or because of a difficulty he may have then he will resort to dry ablution which is tayammum and if that is not 
present or he is incapable to do that then he can pray without being in a state of purity this is, this is because the Sharia the Islamic code is based upon Adil is based upon Adil on straightness uprightness without any justice and without any ease unease or restriction and without difficulties and that's why Allah says uprightness straightforward yastaqeem and against that an opposition to that is deviation and deviation of, of two types deviation is of two types al-ifrat wal-ghulu extremism this is one type so we say here The first type is extremism and excessiveness, and the second type The second type is negligence and heedlessness. So the first type is excessiveness, extremism, and the second type is negligence and heedlessness. And that's why people regarding Islam are of three types. That's why people regarding Islam are of three times, of three types. Two extremes and a middle one. Two extremes and a middle one. The first extreme is the obstinate, the stubborn, the pig-headed. And the other extreme is the heedless, the careless, the negligent. And the third one is the medium, on the uprightness between these two extremes. Upright on the religion of Islam, and this is the praiseworthy. And these two extremes, both are punishable. And their punishment is in agreement with their degree of excessiveness or their degree of neglect. Shall we type those three kinds, uh, inshallah. So people, with respect to Islam, are three kinds two extremes and an upright one the first extreme we talked about those first extreme is described with being obstinate stubborn 
That leads to excessiveness and leads to extremism. Stubborn, pig-headed. And the second, extreme. The second is the negligent, careless, and then the middle one, the one who is upright. And that's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said هَلَكَ الْمُتَنَطِّعُونَ هَلَكَ الْمُتَنَطِّعُونَ هَلَكَ الْمُتَنَطِّعُونَ Destroyed are those ones who are obstinate, stubborn. He repeated this three times. He repeated this three times. Because this way, because this way, the way of, the extreme way of being obstinate and stubborn and so forth, it brings difficulty on the self and people will يعني, uh, exit the limits set by the sharia set by the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also and this is blameworthy and also Allah blamed also those who are negligent and careless and that's why he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said describing the hypocrites وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا As in chapter 4, verse 142, Allah speaks about the hypocrites. And when they stand up to perform the prayers, they stand up with laziness and to be seen of men and they don't remember Allah but little. So the deen of Islam is wasat, is upright and medium between these two extremes. That's why Allah says, لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يَسْتَقِيمُ For those who will to be or to take a straight walk, not right and not left. He takes the path of straightness on the religion of Allah. This is regarding the position of the slave with respect to his creator. Meaning in terms of worship. The believer does not take the two extremes. And similarly in terms of dealing with the creatures. Similarly with dealing with the creatures. The believer takes the medium and upright course. So be with people between these two extremes. The Shaykh Rahmahullah said, be with people between these two extremes, between the extreme of harshness and roughness, and between that of laxing, uh, laziness, carelessness, neglect.
And then he said, "Kun haziman min wajh, walayinan min wajh." And be firm from one aspect, and be also flexible from the other. And that's why the scholars of Islam said regarding the judge, regarding the qualities of a judge. They said, "Alaykum salam, They said the judge yambari أن يكون لينا من غير ضعف that the judge should be flexible without weakness قويا من غير عنف strong without violence without being violent and between these two matters will be straight and we see that people sometimes as an example, they treat others with uh, harshness, making them feel that you know, they are above people, and making the others feel that they are below him. And this is wrong, this is very wrong. On the other, end, on the other hand, you find people who belittle themselves, and they humble themselves to the degree of being... Yani, uh, they lack uh, responsibility and you find him between people who are you know having no respect and this is also wrong this is also wrong what's beautiful is that the man should be between these two extremes and this is the guidance of prophet muhammad peace be upon him the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used to be firm and strong in the cases or circumstances when that was needed. And you would find him flexible when that was needed. So a person should combine the two qualities. Firmness and determination as well as flexibility, care and mercy. So, in the last verse, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ The last verse, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ And you cannot will unless it be that Allah wills. Even though you may have a will, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not will this matter, then it will not take place, it will not occur. Allah will present you with causes that will stand between you and between that matter that you will so that it will not take place and this is a matter where man should really be giving it thought and good consideration that his action is by his own will without being compelled but this will is linked to the will of Allah. And he should know that whatever he will, then it is after the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And had it been that Allah willed otherwise, 
then nothing will take place. Then Allah says about Himself, Rabbul Alameen, describing Himself to be the last two words, Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of Al Alameen. Al Alameen refers to all that exists. And His Lordship, Allah's Lordship, is a general one. And in this particular statement here, Rabbul Alameen refers everything other than Allah. Everything other than Allah. But in the, when Allah says about the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, that he sent him to Al Alameen, it means those to whom the Prophet وسلم, was sent. So Al Alameen in that verse like in the saying of the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ I wouldn't send you except a mercy for Al-Alamin Al-Alamin here those to whom the messenger had been sent but here Rabbul Alamin means the Lord of all that exists and Al-Alamin here means everything other than Allah everything other than Allah and in summary this surah this great surah there is a reminder and admonition for every believer so that he or she contemplates it and reads it carefully and be admonished in all that's in it from the verses which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made oath by some of the signs in the lofty places like the planets and in uh, the fact that this Quran has been a remembrance is a remembrance that was related and conveyed to the Prophet and the one who conveyed it from Allah is the Jibreel, is Jibreel, the angel messenger, alayhi wa ala nabiyyina afdalu salati wa salam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us concerning these verses like all the verses of the Quran from those who get the admonition and those who benefit from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us if I have said something wrong. صلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وthis brings the end of this great this the تفسير the explanation of this great surah chapter eighty one of the Quran والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم طيب إن شاء الله we leave the mic here for there are any questions and especially if there are questions that are related to the month of Ramadan and if there are people who are non-Muslim in this room they may also have any questions related to Islam